Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova, and this is the first podcast we are recording in 2021. Just like 2021 just sounds better than 2020. <laughs> um, I'm going to introduce our guest in a minute, but I want to want to start with just recognizing a couple things. I've been talking a lot about this in my practice with my clients, looking at it myself. If you think that 2021 is going to be a great year for you just because the dates on the calendar changed, you might want to think again. It's just a day past. The earth just turned one more time. It's not magic. If you're going to have a different or better year than you had last year, don't sit around and wait for the government or someone to help you or rescue you. You got to take some actions. You might have to just change your mindset. You might have to change the language you use. You might have to change the actions you take, but your 2020 might just roll right into your 2021 if you don't do something different. Um, and, and look, there's some things we can control and there's some things we can't control. Um, so focus on what you can control. And I would say if I could give you any quick tips or information to get started, the biggest things I would look at to have your life go different would be change your thoughts. So the ways you can do that is what are you listening to? Who are the people that surround you? What books are you reading? What, what do you look at on your social media? What shows are you watching? The second thing would be change the way you speak. So if you're saying things like, I don't have any money or I'm broke or I can't find a job or I can't find my partner, I always date the worst per people, change your language. Start speaking in a way that create that is like the life that you want, which might mean I don't want you to go out there and lie and say I'm rich if you're broke, but start saying things like success or financial abundance is on its way towards me. I'm doing the work to create it and generate it. That the love of my life, the person that I want to, that the person that I know I'm meant to be with is the universe is wrapping them up right now and sending them to me. They're getting them ready for me. Um, and the last is your actions. So what actions do you need to take that would align with your speaking and your thoughts? That might mean, hey, uh, you know, if it's if we're talking about relationships, maybe you got some stuff you got to work out to get you ready for that person. So when they show up, they actually want to be with you. Uh, maybe you need to start a new business. Maybe you need to make sales calls. I don't know what it is for you. But that would be if you change your thoughts, you change your words and you change your actions, your life will change. And it might change slow, it might change fast, but if you stay on that path, it has to change. It's impossible for it to stay the same. The last thing I wanna to touch on is, today's a pretty extraordinary day. It happens to be January 6th, so we're recording this. I'm sitting here in uh, San Diego, California, but my guest is actually in Atlanta. 
And if you're watching the news, if you follow politics, um, what's happening in Atlanta right now is extraordinary. Regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, a, it looks like a the first African-American man is gonna be elected to the Senate in the state of Georgia, which is incredible. He, he gave a speech yesterday about how his mom was picking cotton for someone else and she got to vote for her son to be in the Senate. Like I got, I got like chills and goosebumps um, just saying that. Cause you know, this, look, this country has a lot of problems and a lot of work to do, but the fact that that could happen is one of the things that is special about this place for all the things that are, that need work that it's extraordinary. And then the other candidate, um, I don't know a lot about, I don't know too much about either one, but, He's he comes from a Jewish background and to be a, a black man and a Jewish man in the state in a deep South state to be elected to the Senate is pretty incredible. And it seems like it's on the back of a lot of community organizers and people that said the people that basically said, I don't like the way things are going. So I'm going to do something about it, which again, doesn't matter. You're on the right, you're on the left, you're in the middle. It speaks to like what can happen if you don't like the way things are going. Change it, do something, organize. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, uh, protest. You don't have to organize politics, but you can figure out what you're passionate about, what you want to be different and put your thoughts, your words and your actions into that. And things that seem like they might be impossible suddenly become possible. So with that, let me introduce our guest and we're going to dive into a few of these things, but also some other things. So our guest today, uh, I already shared with you, he lives in Atlanta. He works and is a partner in a company that does, um, like it, it helps educate people on ways to make money, uh, ways to trade in, in, um, I want to say, uh, I want to just say like Bitcoin, but ways to make money outside of maybe the traditional. Uh, it's called I, the I Am Mastery Academy. He did over 700000 in commissions himself. His company has done over $10 million in sales in three years. That is pretty extraordinary, especially in the last year to say that. He also is a former professional football player. He played college football at Tennessee. I'm actually curious who his coach is, if we have uh, links between USC and, and Tennessee when he was there. I don't know when he was in school. Um, and he uh, had a brief stint in the NFL. Um, and we're going to learn more about that. He's become a digital entrepreneur. He's a father. He has two sons. Welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, Riyadh Jones. How you doing, I'm man? Grateful to be here, man. Thank you for having me uh, on your platform today. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being open to, I know we talked before we got here, just about being open to a lot of conversation, like open to various aspects and not just willing to, not just wanting to do like the surface level, how to make money conversation. Most definitely, man. I think it's uh, uh, very important that people can, you know, go beyond the surface and get and, and start having those deep conversations because it opens up people's mentality. Mm -hmm. I want to, um, is there anything people need to know about you or anything you want to share before I kind of start asking you a few things? Uh, you know, I'm just somebody who, who like uh, the candidate that's just won Mr. Warnock, you know, underdog. My whole entire life, I've been an underdog. And I believe that um, with him winning, that should give a lot of people hope that he can go out there and do more. And you can achieve more in this society that we live in today, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether you're an athlete, uh, whether you're somebody in the entertainment industry. Um, people have a shot to win. You just got to have that burning desire 
an awesome support system around you and you got to be willing to do the work. So uh, for the past few years of my life, I've been in, I've been in entrepreneurship uh, after I got cut by the Detroit Lions. And uh, I tell people all the time that when they ask me, do I miss playing? I tell them I get the same uh, excitement, the same energy, the same enthusiasm that I got from playing the game of football. I now get it in, in business because it's the same thing. It's just a different way of doing it. But it's still, you know, a, a level of competition It's still a level of work that's there. You still have to provide the discipline. And I like to tell people that the laws of success are palatable, meaning what it takes you to be successful in one thing. It's the same thing that it takes to be successful in another thing. Just the method may change, but the mission still remains the same and that's become successful. Absolutely. I love that. Let's let me, I want to talk to you about getting cut by the Lions because I didn't I didn't play sports as long as you did, but I remember when it got kind of taken away, it was a, it was heartbreaking, right? To to for me at the level I was at. Um but to go play college football is extraordinary in itself at, a, at an SEC school that's like the biggest it can be in college, right? And, um, and, and you're on a platform where you have eyes on you to potentially go to probably, I'm assuming was your dream to play in the NFL at that time. Yeah. And then to have that, you know, I don't wanna say taken away cause it's not like it got taken away, right? It just didn't happen. Right. What was the impact, like the initial, like when you got cut, how did it feel? What did it look like? Man, initially, it was tough. And the first thing I thought about was watching uh, Hard Knocks growing up. When I used to do the training camps and whatnot, and you would have uh, people from the, the team come tapping on your shoulder to let you know you're about to get cut. So I actually had that experience. I remember sitting in my locker uh, before practice, and a gentleman came and tapped me on my shoulder the same way he did on Hard Knocks and said, yo, they want to see you upstairs. And the first thing I said in my head was like, yo, already, you know, I'm already, you know, having you know, this this dream taken away in a sense. And for me, it was tough because growing up, I didn't see people that were, you know, entrepreneurs. I didn't know other people that were doing things. I, was, I grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't just the best neighborhood. I didn't grow up around wealth or anything like that. So I thought that the only way to make millions of dollars was going to be through playing sports. So, uh, but what changed for me, I was on the flight back home when they cut me because once they cut me, they put me on a flight in like two hours. I was out of there. So I'm on flight back home. I'm asking myself, like, what do I do now? Everybody that I know is doing the same thing. They're just working a job or, you know, they're trying to continue to play the game of sports. But what can I do differently um, where I can take this, this level of work ethic? Because I always had a strong work ethic. I always had desires to do more. So how can I take this and put it into something else? And I just knew I needed to find another vehicle to apply all the things that I learned over the course of my life. And I found it in entrepreneurship. So initially it was tough, but after about a couple of days or so, it just dawned on me like, yo, I'm not just a football player. That's not my identity. And I tell a lot of my friends that are still playing that same thing. It's not who you are. It's just a part of what you do. It's a part of you versus it being your complete identity. So my identity was never truly completely wrapped up in football once I got the level of awareness that I can do way more. It's like LeBron James campaign more than an athlete. And when I had that revelation, I said, I mean, I can go out there and do something else. I can just take everything that I've learned and apply it into something else. So uh, for me, it was initially it was tough, but I got over it immediately. And when my agent called me a couple, couple weeks later, asked me if I want to play in Canada, I was like, well, how much did they make in Canada? He told me, I said, man, if I take this entrepreneurship thing serious, I can probably start making that in a month. So I'll talk to you later. And I haven't looked back since. Dude, that's incredible. I know, and look, we all, all of us have different versions of getting like slapped down, right? For some people, it's like in love. For some people, it's in money. For some people, it's with family. But to be able to rebound that quickly and actually have the wherewithal to think like, wait a minute, 
all the principles that made football possible, I could actually apply that to something else. And also, I love that you disconnected. We're so connected with our identity, right? Like, like who the skin we're wrapped in, the way we look, the areas we grew up in, the the jobs we do, the the sports we play, whatever. Like, this is who I am, and you realizing this is not who I am. It's a thing I do. Is is really, I don't know. It seems like a pretty cool gift that you that you got, and also that you created to have it go different. Right. You said something too that I really want to touch on because I think it's when I um when I interviewed my coach and we, we talked about race and what it was like for him. And one of the things he said to me was, I think it was him. I don't remember. I th- I'm pretty sure, you know, when, when you're growing up and you're a black man in America and you look at what success looks like, mm-hmm. you don't see doctors and lawyers. They exist of course. Right. But you as a little boy, you don't go, Oh, how can I be successful? You don't see doctors and lawyers and pediatricians and you know, whatever, all the jobs, right. Real estate agents. For the most part, you see athletes, yep. maybe maybe musician musicians, right? Like I would assume African athletes. That's all right? I know. Sure, and and I and the first time I heard that, I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" I like never as a as a white man, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, I my when I saw success was everything, right? All the there was I saw all the different lots of different races, but I saw people that looked like me doing all sorts of things, right? And I never had the the even thought that like, oh, that's not somebody else's experience mm-hmm. and how that like blinds you, right? To think like your thought, like I only had two options. Yep. And and that was the truth for you. Yep. And, and I believe what happens is we, we all have our own little worlds, right? We mm-hmm. all have little worlds that we're confined to. And um, the things that we see on a repetitive basis, those are the things that we start to believe. So in your case, you grew up in LA, out in Cali, success is everywhere. You know, people doing all types of different things, different races doing different types of things and that. And me, I grew up here, uh, you know, south of Atlanta. So what I saw, like you just stated, were people that were either rapping or wanted to rap, (laughs) athletes or people that were just selling drugs. So I recognized quickly that these two routes of, Rapping and selling drugs are definitely not going to be the way. And so (laughs) I was just left with the football route. But when that door began to get a little bit narrow, I had to really take a step back and just open up my mentality to say that, man, it's people that are out there that are doing phenomenal in different businesses. I just have to get the right exposure. And I believe that's why a lot of people uh, succeed. And that may be a reason why a lot of people don't succeed is because they don't get the exposure. They don't have the experiences their belief system can't go up. And like you were just saying earlier, the, the books you listen, the books you uh, read, the audios you listen to, the people that you hang around. When I began to get around people that weren't athletes anymore, my perspective began to shift. When I began to get around people that weren't just doing the same things that I was accustomed to, my perspective and my outlook on life began to change. And I said, man, I don't have to be what I thought I had to be growing up. I can do so many different things because I'm not just tied to one thing. And especially in the world that we live in today, I mean, we just had Donald Trump as the president. So that just lets you know that anybody can do anything, you know? So he was somebody that can't <laughs> in real estate and went into yeah. politics. So it's, it's just a huge deal. I'm curious where that mindset came from. Cause that's not, I don't, I like to, to think like, Hey, just cause some one person did something right. It's not fair to say, well, they did it. So you can, right. That's not everybody's situation is different to your point. Everybody's truth is different based on what they've experienced and seen. 
Who do you think guided you? It sounds like you have like a very much a growth mindset, an open mindset. Like you, you, everything you've told me in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of this podcast is how you kept kind of like paving new paths for yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you learn that? Did you have like, is it your, your parents? It was a, there like a mentor. Was there who, how did you kind of, how do you think you developed that mindset? Well, like I said, growing up, I was always the underdog. So when I was playing sports at the age of you know five, six, seven years old, I was never necessarily the best athlete on the team. But what I always did was I had the mentality, well, if, and this was as a, a kid, you know, if they were going to get to practice, you know, right on time, I want to be there a little bit early so I can catch the ball with my coach or just run around a little bit, just play around on the field. This is as a kid. And as I began to get older, um, I never heard about, a dream board or, or dream or vision boards and all that stuff. But what I did at, at 10 years old, I just got an ESPN magazine and I just cut pictures out of all the magazines. And my, I remember when my mom came home one day and she saw tape all over the wall and every wall was just flooded with pictures. And she was like, yo, what are you doing? I was like, mom, these are the people that I want to be like. So as a kid, I always had the mentality that there was way more for me out there And because my mindset was stretched as a kid, knowing that there was more, I could never get trapped into doing one thing or I could never get trapped into one way of thinking because my mind was always turning even as a kid. So as I got older, I began to meet the right people. I began to meet the right mentors three years ago or four years ago, a gentleman came into my life by the name of David Imonitier and he's my personal mentor. And, uh, being around him, he's helped expand my mind to levels and heights that I didn't even think I could think on, you know? Um, so I believe that the growth is so important. I believe that when there's evidence of growth, results will always follow. But people, most people, they never have evidence of them actually growing. They just stay in the same situation, the same friends, the same, you know, the same job, same relationships, the same everything. And because everything is the same, nothing can never change. There's so much. What do you think? Um Actually, before I want to, I want to dive into like what you do and, and, and things about entrepreneurship and sales. Cause you've had a lot of success there. And, but before we go there, what's the impact, actually, let me say this different. Um, being you in your shoes, right. We've touched on a little bit about like race and where you grew up. What do you think, what's the experience like to be a black man in the South who right. fits like the, right? Like you're an athlete. It's like you, the stereotypes are there, but mm-hmm. that's, you, you're telling us right now and you're showing us in so many ways, like, Hey, they're not true. Right. right. Like you, you're so much more. Right. And everyone is, but we don't get to necessarily see it. What's the, what's like the experience that you've had with race, with racism, if you've had and like, I mean, I'm sure you've had some, but like, what is that like? Yeah. So um, I've, I've had a few. Uh, I, I remember having one out in Kansas because I played junior college football out in Kansas in 2012. And at the time I had dreadlocks, have a lot of tattoos. So when I was there, I, I would get racially profiled, you know, often yeah. about, about my teachers, you know, things of that sort. Uh, you know, I had incidents where, you know, I almost didn't even get passed in the class. Uh, part of it was my fault. But uh, we we also believe that a lot of it had to do with who I was as a person and where I came from. So I've had instances. I've never really had instances uh, with police or anything like that. But I've always had those instances where I know if I'm walking past somebody and I had my dreadlocks or I had my tattoos out, then they would feel some type of way about who I was. But me personally, I never really thought too much into the whole race thing. And the reason why is because I never really looked at people for race. I just looked at people as who they 
is who they really were. And I, I would just hope that people would see me the same way. And obviously that's something that we can't really control what people do. But me personally, I never really tried to, you know, pull race cards on people or anything like that. Or I, I never wanted to say that this person did this to me because of my race. Always wanted to look at the situation and say, well, what can I do to get better? Even down to the situation with just school just now, I just say, well, it was partly my fault, but still though, we kind of believe whatever. But at the end of the day, being a black man in America is tough. It's tough for a lot of people. I have friends who've been, you know, just, you know, wrong things have been done to them in terms of with police. And obviously we've seen the, the murders that have happened over the course of years, the protests and all of that, and just where 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 we've come from, even down to you know slave days, Martin Luther King, all that stuff. So it's tough. Um, yeah. But I believe that if you know if people had the the right perspective about the situation and not try to use it as a crutch or use it as a well, this is happening to me because I'm black, then I believe uh, our people will be a lot more advanced because if whatever you focus on will continue to grow in your life. So if you always believe that there is a race problem, if that's the dominant thought, then race problems will always show up in your life. And I believe for myself and my family, we've never really put a whole lot of thought on being a black man in America. I am a black man in America, but I'm also just a man in America that's looking for a way to get to the next level. And that's my that's been my perspective. You know, and again, I've had instances where I feel like I was racially profiled, but you know, th that's just a part of the game. And it, it just comes with the territory of being a black man, but I've never put too much focus on it. It's never been like something that's, you know, made me feel, you know, less than or incompetent or anything like that. I just kept rolling with the punches. Yeah, I hear you talking about it. Like there's two sides to it. Hey, there is a different conversation. There's a thing, there's a thing that goes on that I can't control. Mm -hmm. And I get to decide who I'm going to be, which is somebody who doesn't let it hold me back. And I'm like aware it's a thing, right? I'm not like, you're not, I don't hear like, hey, it's not a problem. Right. Right. There's not a, it's not a, the problem doesn't exist. It's just, yeah, there's a problem. And I'm going to be who I need to be so I can create the life I want to create despite the problem. How do you, you know, you have two young boys too, right? How, how, how old are your, I don't know how young they are. I don't know why I said that. How old, how old? <laughs> yeah. So my youngest, <laughs> my youngest is uh, 18 months and my oldest is 10 years old. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, how do you raise them or what do you teach them? Um, and what do you want to instill in them so that they can have, you know, the most, whatever you determined success to be like, they can have the most successful lives possible. Right. Most, most definitely. So the things that I plan on instilling into my sons as they get older and whatnot are, are, are principles uh, that go far beyond, you know, what we learn in school, things of that sort principles around, you know, success principles around, you know, treating your neighbor as yourself, love. I believe love is the most important thing. And I feel like every issue that we have in America could be solved if we just love one another. But uh, what we do is we do the opposite, you know, whether it's in politics, whether it's in business, whatever, we find ways to, you know, express our love in the opposite way, you yeah. know? And so that's one, that's going to be the biggest thing that I teach my kids, you know, love and obviously things about money because growing up, a lot of people, not just black people, but a lot of people were never taught money. A lot of people are never taught things about credit. A lot of people are never taught these things. And so when we get older in college, we get slapped with a credit card. We're in debt before we turn 22 years old, you know, so things like that. So those are going to be the things that I, that I really instill 
into my children. Obviously, you know, stuff like how to protect yourself when it comes to, you know, police and getting pulled over because that's becoming a thing now. People are, don't even, black people don't even want to get pulled over by the cops at this point. Yeah. But even in that situation, and some people may think this is controversial, but even in that situation, when I watch these instances and watch it on video, you know, I, I really believe that when the cop does show up, if the, the, the woman or the, the, the man that was in the situation, if they just sat there and just kept their hands on the walls and didn't say anything, some of these situations would have happened. Now, does that mean they're right? No, you know, but I do believe that, you know, we can take ownership in some of the things that we do. We don't have to yell at the police We're not because they're white. We don't have to do this because this person, yeah. we can just, you know, cool it out. We got it. We got pulled over for our, our tail light. Cool. Give us a ticket and let's keep moving. We don't got to make a big deal out of it because obviously we're not winning those battles. So why even try to go into it with, with, with the, uh, with the opposing officer or whatever the case may be. So that's my take on that. Well, I really like you did the same thing there too, right? Like it's, this isn't the place to fight the battle, right? Yeah. Like it might, that might. Not uh, to off, but you said something earlier and you, you were talking about focusing on things that we can control. Yeah. Well, we can't control what anybody else ever does, whether it's a police, whether it's our husband, our wife, doesn't matter. Like we can never control that, but the what we can control is our attitude and our activity. So we can control how we see it, our perspective on it, and then we can control what we choose to do about it. So I can't control police brutality. I can't control racism. I can't control uh, you know, black on black crime. I can't control any of that. But what I can't control is how I see it and my action that I take in spite of what's happening. You know, a lot of people, um, they, they try to control it. And when they try to control it, they create more problems and their activity isn't where it needs to be. But if you can see it the right way and act on it the right way, then the thing that you think is a problem, it may not even be a problem. for you. I love that. Oh, that's so great. Um, and I think that's applicable to everything in life, right? All of it, like, no matter who you are, where you are, you can either be what I would, what I would like refer to as like the victim, a victim of life. Like life is happening to you mm -hmm. and you just have to like, you're just getting like slapped around and trying to defend yourself or that life is happening and you get to decide who you're going to be and react and respond. And that's like your one power. And that does not mean that shitty things won't happen. That doesn't mean that you as a black man might not get pulled over by a really racist cop. And you're right. Like there's nothing you can do and you could get pulled over by the exact opposite. Yep. But that you have to, in that moment, you get to decide who you're going to be. And that's the one thing you can control. I also like that when you're talking about it, what I heard you say before is it's like, you kind of said, pick your battles. So, hey, if you want to change racism in the US, it's probably not going to be done on the side of a highway while being pulled over. Right. Just like, um, you know, I, I was thinking about like when, when in your, in our relationships, like we're probably not going to change our partners in the middle of a fight. <laughs> We're not going to change our bosses when, <laughs> when they disagree with us right. and to recognize like, Hey, there's moments that we actually, that might not be good moments that we have to decide in the moment. Is this the moment to fight? Is this the moment to let it go? Is this the moment to protest? Is this, and actually be more conscious about it in, in, in a way that actually serves us, right? Does it serve us and what we're up to, or is it just a response in a moment because we feel wronged or done to? Mm -hmm. um, I want to bring this all this over to entrepreneurship because you had a ton of success. What, tell, what do you think makes a great entrepreneur? Uh, the first thing that I uh, think makes a great entrepreneur is somebody that has vision. 
I believe vision is the indispensable quality of every great leader and every great entrepreneur. You got to know what the end looks like before you even, you know, really, really get started. You got to know what you want to accomplish because uh, the long-term vision is going to keep you in a game when you have short-term failures. And the reason why a lot of people don't get to where they want to get to is because they have no idea where they're going and they just start a business. They just start some type of thing, but they have, they don't have the end in mind. And I believe that every great entrepreneur should have the end in mind. And Steve Jobs said, you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. But if I don't know where I'm going, I can never look back to connect the dots. Most people just get caught up in their current reality, their current situation, their current, you know, how the business looks today, how the partnership looks today, what products do we have today? And they only focus on today. So tomorrow can never get better. But if they borrow from the future of tomorrow, they can do the work and, and acquire all the resources that they need today. So I believe vision is um, the biggest thing. And then it will be desire, you know, the, the desire to actually want to become a great entrepreneur, the desire to actually want to become a millionaire. Um, because if I don't have a desire, if there's nothing is burning on inside of me to do it, then I'm not going to do anything. So the vision, the vision, desire, and then obviously the skill sets. Whatever it is, if somebody's in sales, if somebody's into uh, you know real estate, doesn't matter. The skill set is non-negotiable. You have to have the skills of whatever you're gonna do. So I first need a vision of where I'm going. I need a desire to bring it to pass, and then I need the skill set so I can get out there and work my craft every single day. And as I'm working my craft, the skill sets gets better and better and better. And then along of that journey of me following that little system there all the right people that I need, the associations, the partnerships, the mentors, all those people began to show up. A lot of people think that if they don't have the mentor in the beginning, then they're at a loss and they can't move forward. But a lot of times people have to understand that you don't pick the mentor, the mentor picks you, they find you, they recognize you. And um, so when somebody has that vision, that desire, and they focus on that skill set, I believe those three things are, are the main ingredients for me anyway, that will help somebody become you know that entrepreneur that you really want to be vision desire and then the necessary skill sets i like to what you said about the mentor piece because i think about i'm very close with my mentors who have as as, that i've gained in like the coaching world Mm -hmm. and when i met them i remember thinking like man i want to i want to be close there's you know they've been doing this work they've been doing personal development work for 30 years and they're very successful and i remember thinking like i want to be close to them and have a relationship with them but like you couldn't fake that you can't like trick a mentor into wanting to mentor you and now i have great with like i am very close with one of my my i co-host his podcast with one of my main mentors and i feel like i'm very close with him but i feel like i got the opportunity because of these things you're saying right i created a vision i created desire i created the actions or skill set and then he recognized it Mm -hmm. right and so it's like i couldn't pick him he wouldn't, wouldn't pick me based on the way I was. Right. I did the work and then kept like showing up. Right. And then it was like, and then it, it falls together. Mm-hmm. Um, you work with entrepreneurs, right? Yep. You have, you have teams, you got people that are like, you're helping, supporting, helping them grow. Yep. What do you think the biggest thing that's missing from the ones that are up and coming, struggling, not having the breakthroughs, what's missing for them? That's a good question. And I think for for most people, it's just time. A lot of people don't give themselves time to succeed. You know, a lot of people, 
uh, obviously we live in a microwave society. We live yeah. in a society and people just want it fast. And the reason why they want it fast is because a lot of times it's what they see on Instagram and social media. They see a lot of people moving, a lot of people, you know, moving around here, there, living here in a penthouse and cars and all this stuff. So they, they want it fast, not recognizing that the person that you're looking at, they've been doing this for five years, seven years, and you just started looking at them in year five. And so I believe that a lot of people that I work with and a lot of people that I just come in contact with, they're early in the stages of entrepreneurship, year, two years. And my mentor first told me, he said, listen, it's going to take 18 months to even see if this is even for you. It's going to take 18 months for you to even judge if this is even for you. And in that 18 month period, you may make some money, you may not make money, but that's going to be able enough time for you to get some personal development, get to some events, uh, get around the right people get the desire burning in you, and then you'll know if it's for you. And luckily for me, well, fortunate for me in my first 18 months, all those things that he said, they were right. I got to events. I, I started listening to people like Bob Proctor. My mindset began to grow because the person that you are when you become an entrepreneur, the day you get started, that's not the person that you, that you need to be to have the success. You're just a shell of who you are. You know, so as somebody begins to grow and get better and give themselves time to succeed, my mentor told me something a long time ago. And he said, do you know the difference between here and there? I was like, no. He said, it's just the T. I said, okay, what does the T mean? He said, the T means time. The only difference between where you are right now, here and there, where you wanna go is just the time. And in that time period, that's where you're, uh, that's where you're building your, your picture, you're building your vision, you're working on your desire, you're working on that skill set." But it doesn't happen overnight. It just takes time. And a lot of people, when they get involved in entrepreneurship, they want it fast. Like, like I told you earlier, uh, we have an educational company where we teach people how to day trade in the financial markets, the foreign exchange market, the cryptocurrency market, things of that sort. So when people get started with our platform, they see people that are having great days in the market. And they say, well, how come I'm not doing that yet? Or the person <laughs> that you're looking at, they were here three years ago when we started in 2017. So I think the biggest thing for entrepreneurs is just giving themselves time to succeed. Man, I, this is that, that thing that you just said, I love, I've never heard the here there, but timing missing is, you saying it, I have had, I feel like the universe, God, whatever you, whatever people believe is slapping me in the face with this right now. <laughs> like just over and over again, I'm just getting slapped around by like remembering that, you know, I launched my own company and business in December of 2015. And I've had the first two years were brutal, right? Mm -hmm. To your point, like that 18 months for me, it was like 24 months were brutal. And it grew, it was growing, but it was, it was not, I came from like making good money and having security in a job. And then since that, those two years, it's just been like growth and up, but it's not necessarily to your point, right? It's not the, I'm not making like millions of dollars yet. I don't have the houses and the boats and like all that stuff. It's not about those things, but like, that's what our society tells us is success, right? And even the, even my podcast, my podcast grew when I initially launched it about three years ago and then it grew a little more and then it grew a little, and then it like plateaued. And I keep, I, the, I had this thought the other day that it was like, man, Oprah did not become Oprah overnight. Like we see Oprah as who Oprah is now, but Oprah was some news anchor. Nobody knew who she was, you know, she was local, like whatever the, even even if we go back to when she got her show and her show, her show wasn't like day one, the show that it became. Absolutely. 
And I love what you said because you don't know, you don't know, I don't know the moment, like right? I don't know the podcast episode that's gonna project me to be Oprah. Yep. It could be episode 600, yep. it could be episode 400, it could be episode 2000. But if I stop doing them, or if I stop writing my blog, or you stop trying to trade, or you stop trying to get clients or whatever you're up to, you actually never get to find out. Yep, I believe that if you don't act on what you could know, what you should know could never get revealed to you. Because to a lot of people, they will stop taking steps. They will stop taking the action. They will stop moving. They'll stop doing the podcast. And I think about Gary Vee, about how many wine videos he shot before people actually began to watch the actual wine videos. But think if he would have stopped at episode 57 and said, man, we done cut 57 videos. Nobody's watching. But he just kept cutting the yep. videos. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. They just kept taking the shots, you know, yeah. and the thing that they wanted to know, you know, could I be the greatest? It began to get revealed to them after they just kept shooting the ball, after they kept doing the podcast, in Oprah's case, kept doing shows, kept doing events. And, you know, the thing that they wanted to know, it got revealed to them. But a lot of people, again, they just stopped taking those steps to get to where they want to go. So their level of awareness can never continue to raise. And if I never, if our level of awareness never raises, we can never get to where we want to be. I tell people all the time that um i just lost it it's about to come right back to me um oh we don't perform to the level of our ability we perform to the level of our awareness meaning it's not about how good you are how good you think you are it's more so about how aware you are because if i'm good but everybody else doesn't know that i'm good and because i don't think everybody else knows that i'm good and i stopped too soon because i wasn't aware that i needed to give it more time i can never get to the status that i want to get to Will you say, you said something right at the beginning of this statement, which was, and it was a quote, you said, if you don't act on what you should know, what was that? Say that again for me. You don't act on what you, uh, if you don't act on what you already know, what you should know can't get revealed to you. If you don't act on what you do know, what you should know can't get revealed to you. So great. I've never heard that before. Is that your, did you say, is that yours or something? Yeah, that, that one was coined by me, Alex. That's <laughs> yeah, good. It's good. Thanks, uh, really good. Um, um, what makes somebody great at sales? Uh, that's good. Um, I think that is, for me personally, I can speak from my personal experience and the people that I've been able to help. And it's not being a salesperson, it's more so being a consultant. It's being able to find a problem and figure out if your product can be a solution to that problem. Um, because I don't have experience selling anything but the products that I, that I sell, part of my network marketing company. And I've done fairly well for myself and I've been able to help other people do well. And the thing that I teach is, hey, we're not selling anything. We wanna figure out if somebody has a problem. And if they have a problem, right, we're gonna figure it out through communication. That's a lot, there's something else that a lot of people lack in entrepreneurship, being able to effectively communicate their message, their pitch, whatever the case may be. So we have to be effective at communicating and asking people questions, not being the master teller, telling everybody about our product, telling everybody about the best car, but figuring out if this person really wants a car, they really desire a car, they really have a need for a car, right? And then we can add in our solution to the problem. So for me, that's been what's been able to help me do good at what people will call sales, but I more so think it's just consulting. Because if I figure out you have a problem, I'm just going to have a consult consultation with you, basically. And then we're going to figure out if my product can be a solution to what you say you have a problem with.
what's the biggest challenge that you that you're facing or your company's facing right now that is kind of like the that roadblock to to get you guys to to you or the company to the next level got it so ah biggest challenge ah that's a tough question for me and the reason why it's a tough question for me is because i don't really see things as, as challenges I look at things that people would call challenges as my avenue for change, right? So any anything that somebody may see as a challenge, I may just look at it as a, a, a reason to make changes in business or whatever the case may be. So uh, thinking of the question off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that right now is a challenge, but I know that I've been through challenges in the past. And one of the challenges that I had to overcome, and a lot of our challenges that we go through, a lot of them are self-imposed. Right. So I remember one of the challenges that I went through was a financial challenge. It was over two years ago. And I, I believe that this would be good for the, the podcasters to hear uh, because a lot of a lot of people, when they start making money in entrepreneurship, they fall into the trap. And the trap is I increase my expenses because I've now increased my income. And a lot of people do that. They feel like they start making more money. They should do more. And especially the younger millennial age group. Right. They start making more money or they think they start making more money so they can go buy these things and, and, and do all that. So that that's what happened to me. And I uh, end up you know, moving too fast and I put myself in a bad financial situation. And I remember my wife being pregnant, having to go back and get a job because, you know, we were strapped with cash. And we had to literally go through a period of like maybe four to five months um, of, you know, not having this was back in 2018. It was, it was a period of lack in a sense. But. Even that, like I said, it wasn't necessarily a challenge because so much change happened to us because of that thing. And earlier you said that a lot of people think, uh, think things happen to them, not understanding that it really happens for them. Because I went through that experience back in 2018, I now can help other people not go through the same thing. And I know as my income increases, I don't have to fall back into that trap that happened to me before increasing because that's that's what... That's what stops people from, from being able to invest more into themselves, being able to invest into different assets like real estate uh, because they're strapped for cash or in so much debt financially because they've overextended themselves with their income, mm-hmm. their expenses. And so that was a challenge that I, that I went through back in 2018, but I learned so much from it. It grew me as a person so much, and I learned so much more about um, being disciplined with money. What do you want people to know that people that are struggling right now, maybe, and I don't mean struggling, like they don't have food, shelter, water. I'm talking like people that are, you know, they, they're, um, it's more like the struggle of their experience. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not having the success they want to have. They're not having the love they want to have the financials they want to have. They're fine. Right. They're feeding themselves. They're safe, but they're, they're, challenged by not reaching that place that they want to get to what do you want them to know i want you guys to know that it all works out in the end you just got to see it to the end most people again they just stop taking those steps alex and they don't get there because they only focus on their current situation and if i keep focusing on my current situation then what's going to show up my current situation it just repeats itself over and over and over or some people you know they look back at the past and they begin to reminisce on what their business used to look like or you know the relationship that they used to have and their life just becomes a museum because they only go back to the past. So what we got to do is again focus on the future and that's what I'm telling you guys 
that it all works out in the end. You may not know what the end looks like right now, but you have to keep going until you get there. Because me, that's what keeps me going. Like even in spite of, you know, uh, you know, some, 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 some drawback in the business, whatever the case may be, I see the end from the very beginning. And again, I may not know exactly what it looks like, but I've been able to build a picture of what I think it may look like. And because I have a picture of what I think the end may looks like, that gives me motivation, that gives me the desire, that gives me the inspiration that I need to keep taking the steps in the present. The only way you get to the end is by having an idea of what you think it may look like. But the thing that I've realized, when you get to your goal, when you get there, the feeling that you have, the way that it looks is gonna look, is gonna be a lot better than you even picture. Like where I am today is a lot better than I pictured three years ago when I started. I think it reminded I me. It. Sorry, what'd you say? I was about to say when I pictured it three years ago, like I couldn't clear I, I had an idea, but I couldn't just clearly put it together because there were so many moving parts. But now that I'm here three years later, it's a lot better than I even imagined three years ago. Yeah. It's funny when I think back to when I started like training as a coach and learning, like getting that place where I was going to start my own business and I was going to leave my full-time job and I didn't have like savings or money that I was, you know, I was just going to take a leap. I thought success was going to happen quick and I thought it was going to look like houses and boats and money and all this shit. And I don't have those things, (laughs) but I'm the happiest I've ever been like with myself, with my life, with the people around me, the, the possibility of the future. And I'm like, man, I could not have ever, it was not predictable that I would be sitting here with you doing this in this way. Um, and I could have never known that. I had a vision of what I wanted my life to look like, but but there was the things that I just couldn't see, right? I thought those things would provide the life that I wanted. And it was really about much more personal, deeper things and making a difference for other people. You also reminded me when you were just talking, which I love, it's been my mantra so far for this year which is we can't lose at this game. Like, like from a human level, it's, it, it's really hard to say that because I know a lot of people are struggling in lots of ways with you know, hunger, racism, food shortages, like all sorts of things, poverty. And from a human place, I really wanna be compassionate and empathetic to the struggles that people have. From a spiritual place, I'm like, we can't lose. Yeah. That, that, and I, and I, and I just I, when I heard you saying that, it was just another reminder of like, you can't lose at this human game. So you're, you can't lose at this spiritual game. Um, you just get to decide what, how you're going to take this human experience ride, but no matter what, you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose. You, we were uh, uh, created to win, but we've been programmed to fail. So what we have to do is just reprogram our mindset for success. Like I was talking about desire, the desire, the vision, and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, we, again, we just have to understand that Everything that we want is already done for us. We just got to believe it. That, that is so cliche, but if we can just believe like with a, like a real belief and then focus on building that belief. So we build it, like you said earlier, through the environment that we're in, the associations that we're around, the information that we listen to and the experiences that we have. And then we firm up that belief with the words that are coming out of our mouth, the images that we, the, the images that we put around us and that we see, and the emotions that we have. So it doesn't matter what happens to me in reality, as long as my belief is there from a spiritual standpoint, then it has to work out for me in the end because it's law. You know, that, that's legit the law. All things are possible to those that believe. So 
it's all going to work out in the end. You can't lose. Uh, I love Simon Sinek. He's one of my greatest leaders to follow and listen to. And he talks about the infinite game and how the game of life or the game of business in that case, but you can also use life in this example as well. There is no clear cut winner. There is no set of rules. There is no expiration time or, or scoreboard. Like in sports, there's a scoreboard, a time, you know who the players are. But in the game of life, there is none of that, right? There's no scoreboard to say who has, who's the most successful based on points. Yeah, you can say cars and all that, but there's no real scoreboard. There's no, the, the players are interchangeable. Anybody can come in your life, anybody can leave. But basketball, only certain players can play, you know? And then, you know, there, there is no uh, quote unquote winner. Right. So at the end of the day, what we got to do is just keep playing the game, just keep getting better, keep building our desire and just keep taking the steps because there is no like thing to say the game is over for you. You know, there's no scoreboard shot clock or anything. So it's an infinite game and we can't and that's why we can't compare because the game is infinite. I can't look over there to say what they have because they may have it today, but they may not have that three years from now or they may be far more past than they are right now three years from now and just how it can be for that person it can be the same for you as well or anybody yeah and it's also not the not only is it an infinite game but it's actually a completely individual game right i could have all the things that you have and be so unsatisfied and unhappy and you uh, you could be in my shoes and be like wow how does this work for him it doesn't work for me um and i think like that's probably one of the biggest I mean, we see it with social media, right? Because all we do is compare ourselves to everyone else. And it's like, no, you, even if you had their life, you know, yeah, you don't know that you would want that. You don't know what people are actually, actually experiencing in their shoes, in their body. Like some people look very successful and are very unhappy. Yep. And some people that are very quote unquote unsuccessful, whatever that means, right. are very <laughs> happy and very fulfilled and satisfied. Um, Man, there's so much good stuff here. You are awesome. Um, I'm so glad that uh, that we, Nico, my uh, assistant and producer, found you. Um, I want to give you. I just want to give you an opportunity to, as we wrap this up, to soapbox on anything you want, if you want it. Um, also, just to let it let people know, like where they can find you, um, and any. I mean, anything else you want to share? Most Jeff. So, uh, I guess the the final thing I will leave you guys with is kind of about what I was talking about earlier. Um, about belief. And, you know, I think that's one thing that we didn't talk about today uh, were goals. And I believe that that is the biggest thing uh, that, that that's the separator between successful people and unsuccessful people, if you will. And before I even move on, I, I would like to just define what I believe success is, what I learned from Earl Nightingale and success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. You know, he didn't say anything about money, uh, you know, cars. He said the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So it's something that's progressive. It's something that is constantly moving. Um, and what people think may be success, when you get there, you're going to recognize that like, I want more. So success isn't a destination. Success is a journey, you know. And with that, we got to understand that the goals that we set are a direct indicator to how successful we're going to be, because I believe that the difference between rich and wealthy people, successful and unsuccessful people, whatever the case may be, boils down to the goal word. Like unsuccessful people, they just don't set goals because the definition of success says that's a progressive realization of a worthy goal. So when you look at people that are killing it, doing very well, whatever the case may be, 
It's because they set a goal and they're striving for it every single day. The mailman who wakes up every single day because that's what he wants to do and he wants to deliver the mail, that mailman is a success. The school teacher that goes to work because that's what she wants to do and she, she sets goals uh, for her, tab, her, her work every day, that person is a success. But the person that wakes up every single day and just plays the video game, no goals, just do what they want, that's the unsuccessful person because they have nothing that they're striving for. Um, so I, I would encourage everybody to not just set goals, but believe that your goals are possible for you, no matter how big they are, no matter how much they scare you, um, you got to just set them and then protect them. And what I mean by protect them is by, is by you know, alienating yourself to anything that's not conducive to your goals. That could be a person, that could be a relationship, that could be, you know, uh, environments, if it's not conducive to this goal that you said, if it's not going to help you believe more into this goal you set, then I would say stay away from it, you know, and, and that's the final thing that I would leave everybody with. I, I hope you guys got value from the podcast that Alex so graciously brought me on today. And if you need to find me on social media, you can find me at my name. I'm sure to be in the description somewhere, but Riyadh Jones, R-I-Y-A-H-D, uh, last name Jones. You can find me on all social media platforms, YouTube. I have a lot of different training videos on there. Uh, Twitter, talk about on Twitter as well as Instagram. Nice. Your name will be right in the title of the episode. Also, you, I want to share one thing you made happen in this episode that Reese, I help other people create podcasts and, and basically I just help them like focus, like what's their idea, what's their audience, who are they trying to talk to? And last year I, I probably helped 10 people launch podcasts. And one of the things I get really common questions are, how do you come up with titles for episodes? And I, and I, and this is to your speaking about faith. Or, or trust in the process and allowing things to happen, I go, my answer is weird. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with it. I go, it happens in the episode every single time without <laughs> fail. If I'm paying attention to what my guests are saying or what I'm saying, it appears without yeah. fail, like the best titles. Yep. And you said earlier, we're created to win, but we're programmed to fail. And I, I wrote that down. I was like, there it is. <laughs> and I, and I just, it's just a reminder of like, yes, you got to do the work, right? I got to show up. I got to do a podcast with you. I have to have a guest. I have to listen to what you're saying. I have to generate questions that generate an answer that I go, there it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a micro, that to me is the microcosm of this conversation is if you show up and I show up and we and we have a vision of how we want it to go and we have the desire of how we want it to go, the impact we want and the skill set or the actions. It's Done. like all, all the pieces fall in place. And, and the best part is to the time piece, you there said you that at the like 50 minute point in this episode, right? And, but at no point was I like worried about why we don't have a title yet. I don't know what it's gonna be. And then it appears. So thank you. Thanks for like manifesting it right with me in the episode. Um, dude, it's an honor to have you on here. You are a, um, like an inspiration, your like your your heart, your kindness, your mindset, your brilliance, your wisdom. Um, it just speaks volumes about who you are. Like I don't know who 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 raised you, who the people <laughs> around you are, but it's like I want to I want to tell them like nice job, like that's <laughs> you, like to what you've done for yourself to put you in this spot. Um, I just feel like privileged to have been with you today, and for you to share not only your like your success and financial journey, but some of the things about just like who you are as a person and as a man and the, and the challenges you've seen and the perspective you've had. 
uh, thanks for being here. Um, I know people will get value. I got value. I, I wrote down a ton of stuff. So thanks. Much gratitude, Alex. Thanks for having me, boss. And everybody listening, thank you for being here. Whether you use your first time or you've listened many times, I'm super grateful. I do this not only because I actually love it. I, this is like my favorite moments of my week is when I get to sit with people and talk to them. But my hope always is that you get value and you get to take something from this and either input it into your life to make a difference for you, or you can share it with someone that will make a difference for them. So please do that and um, kill it in 2021. And for whatever that means for you, kill it in love, kill it in money, kill it in self-love, kill it in spirituality. But um, like do, do the work to make this year your year because you did it, not because it got handed to you. Thanks for being here. Um, Riyadh, thanks, man. It's great. You soon, Alex. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.